0: Hello everyone, uh, it's June 20th, I meant to do this episode a couple days ago, uh, but that being said, um, welcome to episode 5 of the Gas and Go, po- Gas and Go Racing Podcast, uh, the host Matt Meyer. So this has been another busy week in the sport with, well last Sunday with a race at homestead, Miami Speedway, and we've had... Uh, the announcement of the All-Star Race, uh, the announcement of the 2021, 2021 class for the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and just some tweaks to the this upcoming week, this uh, this weekend right now, for the Talladega Super Speedway, and the race happening Sunday for the Cup Series. So let's dive right into it and see what do to talk about. So just a little recap. Uh, those who don't really know Homestead, by way, Homestead, Miami three way very well. It's essentially has, it's essentially has two grooves. Like the race track itself is designed to have uh, three specific lanes. Um, it used to be a very flat track back in the, back in the nineties, like late nineties, it was reconfigured back in two thousand and one. Two 2001, something like that. I don't remember the exact year. Um but it, it now the the, the uh, very lower groove has the 16 degree banking and then it's banked at 18 degrees and the middle groove and then the high end of the racetrack is banked at believe it's 22 degrees which makes it very interesting and there's a lot of interesting moves that happen during the race uh it's very predomin- predominantly dominated by the high line right along because that is the fastest way around the track though then you'll have guys going dive bombing down in the middle you know driving it hard uh getting in front of the guy in front of them and then you know not to, like backing up into them but like you gotta break. You gotta like slow down somehow and, and make sure you make that make that lane stick. And we this race had a lot of that. Like it's not. this it wasn't really caution filled either. Like there, like this race has, has historically is not a wreck fest. It doesn't have a lot of cautions. I uh, it you know some say it is that it's boring. I find it very unique and interesting to watch. When it comes to... Like I stated... like The layout of the track... It's almost... uh, It reminds me a little bit of Darlington... In the way it's shaped... But it's more... uh, One end is basically the same as the other end... Where in contrast to Darlington... It's more egg-shaped... So... Overall the race was pretty good. A lot of good racing, a lot of passing going on. Like a lot of, a lot of drivers took, took the high line, uh, right around the fast, fast way around track. Uh, Danny Hamill was the eventual winner of the race, but not to, not to dismay, like some sort of, I wouldn't say controversy, but just more of payback. Cause, uh, as, as I stated in a previous episode, I believe it, uh, a couple of weeks ago, over at Bristol, Chase Elliott got into Joey Logano trying to make a winning move in the closing laps of the Food City 500 at Bristol Motor Speedway. Now, you know when it comes to boys have at it and revenge, trying to get at get back at certain drivers, whether whether they wrecked them or you know took away to win. Uh there was, was a bit of that. So Lugano was a lap down and gonna go two laps down. He uh he had some damage on the right front on the left front of his car and Ellie was trying to get by him and while Danny Halen was closing up. So and Lugano made it really hard for, for Chase Elliott to pass, uh, blocked him super hard. Now Chase did eventually get around him, but in that time frame of him doing so, Danny Hamlin was able to sneak by on the outside. I would uh, go into turn three. It was, I believe, it was, and he became the eventual race winner. Chase Elliott eventually couldn't couldn't gain that ground back in the closing laps of the race. It is what it is. It's 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 a big racing deal. like, it's not like, it's not like Lugano wrecked him, and which, you know, thankfully that's not what it was, it more or less came down, he just made it a hard time for him to pass, and, if eventually it became, the fact that, that's what cost, Chase Elliott to race, because he didn't have clean air, he couldn't get out front, like the, you know, his tires were worn, he used up his, his equipment, trying to get around Lagano. and it, this is, it's, it's not like, Logano and Hamlin are teammates. They're on like Hamlin drives for Joe Gibbs. Logano drives Penske. It's just a matter of getting back of a driver who cost you a win. Uh, the only benefit was that Logano didn't wreck Chase Elliott. And so I think that's what we'll see. The end of that, end of a sort few. Of like I mean, maybe we'll see a little back and forth here and there going down in the next few races. Uh, hopefully not at, uh, come tomorrow tomorrow's race at Talladega we don't want to see a big one especially early in the race so now some what surprises me of uh, this coming week it was announced uh, earlier earlier this week that the also race is happening July 15th at Bristol Uh. Now this is the first time it has moved from Charlotte b Way since the early '90s when it had it had moved from Atlanta over to over to Charlotte. I'm, you know, I'm not like I don't really have a big opinion like why you know why Bristol why not stay at Charlotte but, like it it makes sense where. You know, the state of Tennessee is going to allow thirty thousand fans in in the stands at Bristol Motor Speedway to to attend it because the also race. You know, there's no point of having also race if you don't have fans in the stands. It's you know, it's check of the records. It's going for a million bucks. Like, why would you? Why would you? You know, race for no points. And, like, where basically the win kind of means nothing, you know, unless they are fans in the stands to see a lot of action, a lot of beating and banging. You know, and historically the all-star race has been hit or miss, been entertaining, been not so entertaining, but, like, come down to the fastest car, come down to maybe even, even a wreck. Um... Like some past Charlotte races at, at where the All-Star race happened. I don't... The full details of stages or whether the, uh, the All-Star Open is going to be happening. Where the All-Star Open is, is basically two teams... Like two drivers race their way into the uh, into the, uh, All-Star race. Plus there's a fan vote which voting has already started. So we're guaranteed a fan fan vote driver being, being voted into the All-Star race. But we don't know whether the, uh, uh, the open's going to happen. Uh, I'm under the assumption that it will, but with still the pandemic and COVID happening, we like, we still don't know. And there's still no details of how it's being played out. Like none of that has, has been, been announced. We just know the location and basically why it's happening. And like in in another announcement that happened earlier this week was the 2021 Hall of Fame class. And a lot of people I've seen in social media and in comments everywhere have made a lot of disagreements about the selection. So we have Pioneer, in the Pioneer area, like right when NASCAR began, Red Farmer. Red Farmer, did I say farm? Farmer. I personally do not, uh, I knew he was a great race car builder, I don't know the extent of his, his, his success, but I'm glad he's, he's being recognized for what he contributed to the sport. Uh, Frank Stefanik, overall a nine time NASCAR champion, tied for the most all time in the company. Now, this does not, like, people are not arguing he's better than Richard Petty, better than Dale Earnhardt, better than Jimmy Johnson. No. His championships became in the modified series and a late model series. Two championships in the in the Bush late model series. The Bush Bushy series, I believe it was. And that was back in the nineties, I believe it was, too. But he had he had seven modified championships and two Bushy series. Like no one's batting an eye at that. No one is saying, "Oh, you know, they're not Cup Series championships," and I mean, they're not even, they're not even in, the, in the national touring series championships. Those are just NASCAR branded championships, and people seem okay with that. And I'm not like I'm not bashing Mike Stefanik. Like you know, that's a great career. He like nine, nine, nine championships. That's amazing. That's a well accomplished career. I am I don't see anything wrong with that. No, that's a well deserved Hall of Fame first ballot, in my in my understanding, in my mind. I'm very okay with that selection. But in contrast to what people are complaining about is the fact that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is now a first hall, first ballot Hall of Famer for the twenty twenty one class. And their opinions oh, he's only a Bush series champion champion. You know, he didn't do anything. His his name got in there. He, you know, he became one popular jar. Like, get over yourself, people. Like, and half the fans that are even, like, doing it, like, I get, like, had support, like, even, like, there's some fans that, are like, of his, maybe, maybe don't agree with him being selected this year. And if it wasn't for the fact of his, five-time championship team like as a team owner in an Xfinity series maybe i wouldn't be so put like i wouldn't think they'd be ready for it now maybe in a year or two but regardless you have to think you have to appreciate what he has done for uh not only this this nascar sport specifically but for like stock car racing in general so as a driver sure only 26 wins not a Not a lot of wins, not a, what may seem like a big college win. Like, he's won the All-Star Race in his rookie year. You know, he's, he, he's the only driver to win, to win a Talladega Super Speedway four times in a row. You know? And, yeah. Brackalos, Brackaloski's soon going to, like, I'm convinced that he's soon going to, uh, take over second all-time active leaders at, uh, Talladega. He, I don't know if he'll get the Dale Earnhardt, you know, as he as he had ten wins, but I'm convinced he's going to take over Dale Junior and Jeff Gordon as being the, the second and third active third all time wins list at that track. But in all seriousness here, two time experience through championship. Uh, back in 98, 99, 98 being his rookie year. So we got, like, back-to-back, champion, back, and right there. Two-time Daytona 500, Daytona 500 champion in 2004 and 2014. Like, yes, yeah, 10 years apart. Still, they still count. And I mean, I was even almost at an argument with the guy saying, that, you know, oh, they're, oh, what did he say? He said they were, like, they're just regular wins, like they don't shouldn't mean nothing. They if if they really meant that much they should be at the end of the year. like No, because teams there's some team that even build their cars specifically for that race. That is the Super Bowl of NASCAR. That is the biggest race of the year. You get it done and over with as soon as possible, but that way. Because, you know, you that's guts, glory, everything. You know? That you, there's, no hold, there's no holding back at that point. You go for it. But, like, yeah, hey, so it's two times to his chain, chain as a driver. Five times at an owner. He only has three, he has three championships as an owner for Junior Motorsports. The other two came as a co-owner. I believe it was the M2, MC2 Motorsports back in 04-05 when, when, when Martin Trues Jr. won his back-to-back championships, too. It's just people, like, why are these accomplished not as good as, you know, i never heard anything, anybody's, you know, Bat and eye Martin being inducted in the Hall of Fame. You know, he only has, like, 40, like, 40 career wins, no Daytona heard, no championships. I think he might have a Bush Series championship, but that might be it. But, like, and he's a real respected guy, and no one but batted an eye when when he when he got uh entered the Hall of Fame, but everyone just thinks that Junior, like Dale Junior, got in on his last name and his popularity. Like this is not a popularity contest. They go off by stats. They go by off what makes him a valid candidate for the Hall of Fame. You know, and there's and there's only so many. Drivers, owners, crew chiefs, out there, and you may think that there's a lot, there's a lot more successful than there and there is, but they're really, and all in all, in this, well, in the sixty-plus year history of the sport, there. There really isn't that much. you know, There's not as much as people think. And it really bothers me that people aren't even. Also counting the fact that. Dale Jr. has put a lot of effort. In awareness of concussions. And health and safety. Uh, within the last 10 years. And even that should be you know, a knowledge of something. But I digress. I think he's definitely a, a first Ballad Hall of Famer. You know, even if it wasn't this year, definitely in the year after. But I'm glad he's, he's going to be recognized for all of his com- accomplishments. Now, like I said before, Talladega, tomorrow. They scrapped. Uh, practice and qualifying for Talladega. It was originally planned to go for for this race, which would have been a great thing. Especially, there was one driver who wanted to make his cup debut at Talladega. Uh, He was not approved to to do so. His name's James Davidson. He is from Australia. He is pretty world-renowned. He does a lot of sports car driving. And I think he's also done some V8 um, V8 supercar. I mean, message me and correct me if I'm wrong. If I if on that one, but it boggles my mind that someone would want to make the Cup debut at Talladega. There was one driver back in 2008, it was either the 7 Fall Race or 2008. Don't remember the exact I should, and I'm sorry, I apologize. But Jacques Villeneuve made his cup debut at Talladega. And it bothered my mind and it bothers so many other experienced cup drivers about that. Because not only no matter how much practice you might have within those first few days that those first few days of that weekend, you know, you make you make a mistake. And like yeah, and like cup drivers have made mistakes in the past; like it, it, they happen. But it's it's more effective of a rookie to make those no mistakes. But if you're making your cup debut, who you've never been in, a, in a, a stock car, have never experienced a draft, that these cars have and what they have to offer, you're bound to make a lot more mistakes. Or make moves that you shouldn't be making, and if you make those, like if you make risky moves when you shouldn't be making them, no one's gonna help you. No one's gonna want to be your fr- be your friend. No one's gonna want to be around you when you are racing. It's a scary thought to think, oh, this guy's making his cup debut at this particular track, and think, you know, if it's a if it's Atlanta, if it's Texas, you know, if it's one of those other kind of hard to drive tracks, but those kind of tracks, those mile and a half tracks, they they spread out. They're you're not always you know, bumper to bumper, you're not inches apart, you're not like you you know you make one you make one mess up and you're done. It it really I'm just really glad that he got this, like not approved. He uh he's approved he's he's uh, reported to make his cup debut the following week, next weekend at Pocono Raceway, which is much better. It's uh, going to be a hard, hard track from him to develop on, but I'm glad it's not Talladega. Um, as mentioned before, about how the Bristol Oslo race is happening, uh, due to the... Uh, Tennessee governor allowing 30,000 fans in the stands. Two members of Stewart Hawk Racing and one member of Penske, um, the organization, have, noticed, have been announced today that uh, two members of Stewart Hawk's, their shop employees tested positive for COVID-19, and one member of Penske in their shop uh, tested positive for COVID-19 as well. But what does this mean? Does this mean that, you know, more restrictions are coming for NASCAR? Uh, but we're considered that these are not on the road on the road employees. They're they're still going to stay the same. They they are currently in self isolation to help to stop to stop the further spread. Because, as like at the beginning of the resurrection of the race season. It was stated that if people are not following protocol, they will not continue the not season. And as long as, you know, even as shop employees, you go directly into isolation and you are following these protocols, these guys will continue to race. It really sucks that this happened. Uh, hopefully, like we hope for a speedy recovery and that no further spread happens. Um, it was also announced today that NASCAR drivers, NASCAR teams, and drivers are allowed to have one, uh, like one spouse, family member with them at the track now, as now fans are being allowed back into the racetracks. Uh Talladega is having at most five thousand uh, fans, as I said earlier, thirty thousand fans at. at Bristol for the All Star race. It was also announced that Texas is selling full on tickets for the race. Which, if you have seen it in, in the news, they have the, one of the worst outbreaks in the United States. I don't know how people are wrapping their head around the fact that this is not a good idea. Where in your right mind that say, oh, okay. It's okay, they like some fans are coming back. Let's just reopen the whole track. Let it let's just sell tickets. Like huh? What that boggles my mind. And I even like I was watching even on Facebook today I saw in Oklahoma, um, it was a Donald Trump rally where no one was wearing a mask. In contrast, and these are the same people who were saying, oh, well, if they can have protests for Black Lives Matter, why can't we have this rally? Let me see here, folks. Those who were at the protests were wearing masks. You know, just because they're doing something that involves a large crowd, they are still taking precaution for their own health and safety. Whereas... These people at the Trump rally—I watched the video. There were no one in that in that in sight with wearing a mask, and that is really concerning. I also saw a few posts on Facebook where there were literally parades and um, quote unquote protests of people with Confederate flags on their vehicles outside Talladega Super Speedway, and I'm thinking. I hope they're not trying to get into the track because they can't get in there. They will be literally, um, like turned away. NASCAR has put put a stand on where they are at, and people thinking, "Oh, you know, you know, politics shouldn't belong the sports." Well, I'm sorry, policies happen. Like policies are put in place, and policies are literally political. You like policies? Policies are politics. So if you don't have policies, you don't have politics. But you gotta have policies, or else you know, everything falls apart. You know, people lose control, people go insane. Like it's and these policies put in base with NASCAR are literally just to increase welcoming. I don't understand and people like I had one guy online called me a Snowflake Snowflake for literally saying that why are you quit? Why are you quitting watching NASCAR? Just because of a few policy changes that delete really do not affect your life. It blows my mind. Anyways, folks, I think that's a good rant for today. Uh, tune in tomorrow on Fox or TSN. Uh, where you're watching from? Uh, Talladega Super Speed, lose at, blues at uh, 3 o'clock Atlantic time. Actually, hang on. I will check that really quick. Sorry, folks. It is, yeah, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, tomorrow, June 21st, Talladega. Uh, cup Series on, uh, we're looking for a great race, I'm interested to see how it will, like, the race will happen with no no qualifying or practice, um, Martin, Truex Jr., Martin, Martin Truex Jr. is on the poll for it, uh, so we'll guess we'll see, alright, have a good night folks.